0: This episode is sponsored by Third Love. If you are anything like me and Liberty, you know that the first thing you do when you get home is take off that itchy, uncomfortable bra, especially in the dog days of summer. Third Love is here to help with a great, comfortable bra that you won't even remember you have on. If you're not familiar with it, Third Love is an exciting new lingerie brand that uses real women's real measurements to create better fitting bras. You, you don't have to be Victoria's Secret for your bra to fit here. Here. There's a 100% fit guarantee. Re- returns and exchanges are always free. You can try Third Love's best-selling 24/7 t-shirt bra for free for 30 days. Just pay for the shipping. Start your trial now at thirdlove.com/books.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 66, and today we are talking about books released on August 9th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Podcasts! Podcasts! You know, so I was listening to you Do the Third Love Spot, and I just got a new pair of sneakers this weekend that Mm -hmm. have memory foam in the sneakers, and I got a pillow that has memory foam. (laughs) So, like, my bra remembers my boobs, my shoes remember my feet, my pillow remembers my head. I don't know where I put my keys most days, but I have these inanimate objects that are taking care of everything else for me.
0: Excellent. It's not like trickle. I guess it's kind of trickle down or like trickle out memory foam
1: (laughs) (laughs) memorization. I don't know. But I'm just like, is everything going to have memory
0: foam soon? I'm here for it. Can my desk chair have memory foam that forms to my butt? Because, Lord, I sit in this thing a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't know. If my chair wasn't uncomfortable, I probably wouldn't get up as much as I do. (laughs)
0: That's its own kind of uh, productivity genius.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like the horrible couch on 30 rocks. Yeah. I can't
0: sit here anymore. Right. I'm done. No more relaxing. (laughs) Um, You know We have an interesting first segment this week because last week we got scooped by Oprah. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Oprah pulled a Beyoncé. She did, and we're fine with that. That's cool, yeah. If anybody's going to scoop us, it's fine if Oprah scoops us. But we record our show on Mondays, and so Tuesday morning last week, there was this big announcement, and we had a show out about new books, but we, you know, aren't Oprah, so we didn't know about the announcement when we recorded. Um, So our first book this week is one we're going to recommend together because it's great and we both loved it and it's really really important but also it came out last week and wasn't supposed to come out until mid-september
1: <laughs> yeah but you know i'm excited that everybody gets it now like me too better for everyone else that this, this is book out now as everyone much time
0: out in the world as possible yes everyone should read it and Unless you've been hiding under a rock or away from the internet for the last week, you know already that this title is The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Amazing. It is so good. So I guess I'll... You will do you the can, pitch. Yeah, go and ahead. We'll, then we'll Muppet yeah. Arms together. Like our agenda actually says joint Muppet
1: Arms about the Underground <laughs> Railroad. Um, <laughs> yeah. i so, reread it the other day. You just read it. I just I mean, read it this weekend. It's, it's so good.
0: It is so good. Colson Whitehead is a living American treasure. Um, and all of his novels are so fantastic. And each one is so different from all of the others. Like his, that's kind of the unifying thing of his body of work is that none of his books. Are the same. He doesn't have one thing that he does uh, over and over. It's just he's incredible. But this is a real like uh, this is a real step up like he was already excellent. But this is, you know, a real significant accomplishment. This is a novel about a young girl who, you know, grows up to be a younger woman. Named Cora, she is a slave on a cotton plantation in Georgia, and she meets a boy named Caesar who invites her to run away with him via the Underground Railroad, except in Whitehead's conception, it's an actual railroad, like there are secret tunnels and trains and engineers in different cities that smuggle slaves onto actual trains that run underground um, from the south up to the north to help them get to freedom. Um, I've been seeing that element of it described as magical realism, which I, I don't know, maybe it technically is. But this the whole book is very grounded in reality. Whitehead looks directly at the horrors of slavery and the struggle of being a black person living in slavery in the American South, and doesn't turn away from it. And then it just like happens that these are real trains instead of the Underground Railroad being a term for a thing. Um, but the characters just accept that that's true and they make no bones about it. It's not like, oh, I wasn't expecting a train. Like, there just, of course, is a train.
1: Yeah, just like everything else. Like, he doesn't make a big deal about anything. Like, the, even like the horrors of slavery and the things that are happening to Cora, Because to her, it's just like, oh, this is what happens. You know, right. so it, it that makes it all the more devastating.
0: Yeah, it's, this is just Whitehead at the height of his talents, I think. Like, the world is full. The characters are fully realized. The structure of the book is really interesting. The chapters don't just move in the straight point A to point B narrative. We get some flashbacks into other people's lives. We get to see, like, how the wife of one of the men who works for the Underground Railroad, like, he is the ally and she is just his reluctant spouse, but how she came to deal with what her husband is involved in, um... And it's I just kind of like maybe we can all just be mutually inarticulate about this book's greatness to the point that everyone will read it to find out on their own. Like as Cora travels from city to city and she's trying to escape, we have to face that slavery is never in the rear view for her, that even when she is supposedly free, that freedom never feels complete because of what slavery and being treated as inhuman does to human
1: beings. It's just. And she's being hunted.
0: Yeah, right. She's being hunted. We get into to the head of one of the slave catchers. It's it, This is just a phenomenal book. And Whitehead, has he just goes in on America's history, and not just with respect to what white Americans did to Africans, but um, for the, the whole thing. Like, There's this quote from Near the End that I posted on Litzy that I think gets at exactly how sharp uh, the perspective of the book is, and it's this. And America, too, is a delusion, the grandest one of all. The white race believes, believes with all its heart, that it is their right to take the land, to kill Indians, make war, enslave their brothers. This nation shouldn't exist if there is any justice in the world, for its foundations are murder, theft, and cruelty. Yet here we are.
1: The whole... So good. He's It's so good. Yeah, that's all you can keep saying. But... When I, when I read it, when I received a copy, um, I posted that I had a copy on Twitter, and people were like, oh, my goodness. And, and somebody asked, like, is it straight, you know, fiction? Is it straight history? What is it? And the, the one of the publishers um, was like, well, it's it's basically just like a straight historical novel except for this one magical realism thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And I read it, and I was like, I don't know what he was talking about. Like, and it took me, like, weeks before I went, oh, there was an actual railroad. Like, that's the thing that was weird, because it's just, like, this is how it is. Like, I just completely went with it. I was like, yeah, that's right. No, no, that's not right. But he's just so incredible. And I don't think we have to say this, but holy cats, I cried so much. (laughs) I think I cried three times in the first seven pages. Like, it's just, it's devastating. And so, so good. Like, I really wish everyone would read this.
0: Yeah, this belongs, I think, alongside... Like beloved for novels that just look straight at what white Americans did to black slaves in order to build the, you know, in order to quote unquote build the country, um, really to build the country for themselves um, and to accumulate wealth. And it's none of it is surprising, but it's, <laughs> um, it, you know, just kind of stunning and shocking in its own respect, just for how real. It is for knowing that all of these things are real. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Everyone should read it.
1: All right. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of phenomenal books that everyone should read, I will tell you about my next pick, um, which is one of those nonfiction books that you could talk about for days. It's so full of facts and WTF moments and just like horrifying things. It is called Patient HM. A Story of Memory, Madness, and Family Secrets by Luke Dittrich. Or Dittrich? I don't know which one it is. Um, it's D-I-T-T-R-I-C-H. And this is about the most studied research subject of all time. A, a human, like a, an actual human. Um, he was an amnesic named Henry Molaison. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, but Henry, when he was a little boy, uh, experienced a head injury when he was, when he was very young and started having seizures and it kept him from being able to do anything like he he had them so frequently like he couldn't keep a job and he couldn't you know study in school and he couldn't do these things and in 1953 he agreed to a lobotomy which was like the big craze that was sweeping the nation like everybody you know was getting them like and by I mean everybody I mean the doctors were giving them to anyone that they thought You know, needed one. Um, You know, not just people with seizures, but like housewives who weren't obeying their husbands, and teenagers who weren't obeying their parents, and just all this—just like a horrifying um, part of science. And so they said, "We think we can, we can fix your seizures." Um, And this this one surgeon, Dr. William Scoville, um, he gave Henry a lobotomy. It did not work. It did not stop his seizures, but it did destroy his ability to form any long-term memories and basically everything that Henry knew up until that point where he had a surgery was all Henry was going to know for the rest of his life and he lived to, until 2008 Whoa. and like I said he was the most studied research subject of all time like their his identity was kept a secret until he died but he went to MIT he went to like all these colleges and was studied you know and he and he couldn't form new memories they would ask him a question you know like you know, what, what is your name? Or, you know, or they would tell him something and then ask him to repeat it a few minutes later and he, and he couldn't do it. Um, and it's just, it's so devastating. The twist in this is that the man who wrote the book, Luke Dietrich, is the grandson of Dr. William Scoville, the surgeon whose, um, you know, procedure started mm-hmm. all this for Henry. It is a fascinating take on this story because... He talks about his grandfather, who was, like, this sort of, just, he was sort of playing God. He get, he became, like, one of the experts in lobotomies. Like, he performed more than almost anyone else in the country. Um, and he just, he thought he could do anything. Um, and, and he also had, like, a, this dark family history and, you know, problems at home. And it's just, like, a look at, like, our study of the brain. Like, how... You know we know all about all these different things to do with the body, and yet still the things that we learn about the brain mostly come from when something goes wrong with the brain, not not when something is right. Um, it's very like Henrietta Lacks. Like it's it's a it's a great um, story like that. If you if you enjoyed like the science and the the personal aspect of it, um, it's just it's so so fascinating and so so infuriating. I had to put this book down several times and and walk away for a little while because he covers like. The Nazi atrocities and and the experiments that they did. He talks about the father of modern gynecology, who was a South Carolina, I can't say the word Carolinian. Thank you, South Carolinian <laughs> man. He was a physician in in like the 1850s who bought female slaves and practiced on them as like live-in subjects, um, and did horrible, terrible things to them. And yet, there is a giant statue to him in New York City. Um, it's disgusting. It's like some of these things are just so upsetting. And the story of Henry himself, you know, this poor man, he's so sweet. And, and it's it's heartbreaking. But again, the book is incredibly fascinating and worth reading. Um, again, it's called Patient H.M., A Story of Memory, Madness, and Family Secrets by Luke Dittrich.
0: Man, the history of medical research and especially like neuroscience
1: and psychology... Research is so. Oh yeah, it, it's just it's it's amazing. They're like you know the going back you know four thousand years they knew that the like memories and and this kind of stuff came from the brain, but um, they just they couldn't you know figure out how to find these yeah. things out you know. So they thought, oh well, let's just. Take a an nice pick and fix things that way. Yeah. And like
0: informed consent for participating in studies is really like relatively recent to.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. To and research so is, and so is malpractice. Right. He talks about how like back then, you know, the doctor would mess up and he'd come out and be like, "I messed up and I sort of nicked this artery and I'm sorry about your husband." Yep. And right. That Too was bad. like what happened. It's oh. it's amazing.
0: I'm gonna read this book for sure. Um, And my next pick is also a fascinating sort of science and history. But before we go there, we want to thank our next sponsor. Penguin Random House Audio is back this week. If you are listening for something new to listen to, or if you're new to listening to audiobooks, you want to check out tryaudiobooks.com. They will get you hooked up with a free audiobook to start listening to. There's also all kinds of cool recommendation tools that they have there. Um, And more importantly, or more specifically, I guess, to today, They're always working hard to record new sci-fi audiobooks for you. And this year will not disappoint. They've got Star Wars Life Debt Aftermath, which is by Chuck Wendig. Um, Big moment for Star Wars. There's Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. There is the finale of Justin Cronin's trilogy, The City of Mirrors, and something to satisfy whatever your intergalactic preferences are. You can go to tryaudiobooks.com for a free audiobook and to start listening today. So thanks again to Penguin Random House Audio for sponsoring. This week, again, that's tryaudiobooks.com for a free audiobook and to start listening.
1: I got so excited to talk about my last book that I completely jumped over the, the schedule That's all right. We took spot. such a nice
0: long time talking about the Underground Railroad. We can, you know, this is our show. <laughs> we
1: can change the rules. I was just so excited. Like, it's a, it's amazing. It's my podcast, and
0: I will ramble if I want to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now tell me about your next oh, book. Okay. And If you hear so, any noises, it's just Steinbeck. He's scratching my <laughs> story wants to come in for some reason it's not a pile of books about (laughs) to cave in on your head again that could happen too although i did clean my office this weekend so i found some new people like i go in like very few stores i very rarely leave the house but i decided to ask all the people at those stores if they like to read and they said yes so i brought them lots of books (laughs) So I'm safe for right
0: now. Very good. Um, my next pick this week is called "I Contain Multitudes." It's about it's by Ed Yong, and this is a history and like deep dive into microbes. Um, if you've watched any Discovery Channel, you know that we live with and among millions of microbes. Uh, that we are also hosts. Every living thing is hosts to just like jillions of microbes. And the book is about the history of our discoveries of microbes. It's about how we understand them. It's about how um, modern science and science writing and media present or misrepresent microbes like f- about a hundred types of bacteria, which is a very small percentage of all bacteria, are actually bad for us. But bacteria have gotten such a bad rap, um, and Yang basically makes the case that bacteria need better branding Um, the book is also just packed with incredible facts about microbes about the roles that they play in our bodies in the environment in the evolution of things in the like symbiotic relationships that exist between microbes and different plants and animals like there are certain plants and certain types of coral that can only grow in waters that have a certain microbe present Um, depending on which different microbes we have like each human is host to different microbes we don't all have the same ones and variations in the microbes that our bodies are hosts to affect um, basically what our sweat gives off and some of those microbes make some of us more appealing to mosquitoes than others so like you're not dreaming it that maybe you're the one who always gets mosquito bites it's me (laughs) it's always me it's your microbes fault liberty i hate them Um, we get to learn. Yang tells us all about the people who made these landmark discoveries about microbes, and often it's because it was they were just the first ones who thought to look, uh, like to put a drop of water under a microscope and pay attention to what was there, and then compare it to a drop of water from a different place, and what happens if you did this thing, and what happens if you did this other thing. Um, if you like science history, you're just really going to love I Contain Multitudes. Um, I learned that there are more bacteria in one person's gut than there are stars in the galaxy. Um, I have shared that fact with many people. And,
1: <laughs> and, you are know um, the best kind of books.
0: I know, they're so good. This I've been really sitting with like, how to recommend this book because I think most people would be like, why do I want to read a book that is just specifically about microbes? But Ed Yong's voice... Why wouldn't you? Right, exactly. His voice is so much fun and it's accessible and it's so smart. This is like a mix of Mary Roach's very gleeful, like, isn't science cool? With um, Siddhartha Mukherjee's detailed research. And that's, I think if you're, you know, into science writing today, that's sort of all you need to know to be sold on it. I just thought it was so, so much fun. It was fascinating. um, And it will change the way that you look at the world around you at literally every living thing that you interact with and touch, Um, thinking about all of these teeny tiny, literally microscopic things uh, that affect our lives and that change our lives every day and that we never really think about or talk about until they cause problems, Um, but how we owe so much of the good things in life and the environment to them as well. I just loved it so much. Uh, Again, it's called I Contain Multitudes by Ed Yong.
1: Can it tell me how to change my boyfriend's microbes so that the mosquitoes will also bite him, so he'll stop <laughs> bragging every time we go out in the backyard and I get eaten alive and he gets nothing?
0: Probably not, but maybe you could start um, shaming him about his like checking his microbe privilege.
1: <laughs> <laughs> microbe shaming. You didn't
0: earn. You didn't do anything to earn your undelicious to mosquitoes microbes. So be yes. quiet.
1: That's what we, he's always like, you're just delicious, that's all. (laughs) Whatever, I hate this. (laughs) Oh, it's not easy. No. (laughs) But the book is great. now for (laughs) something completely different. This show is so weird. (laughs) You're so weird. (laughs) My next book is Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson who is the National Book Award-winning author of Brown Girl Dreaming. This is her first adult novel in 20 years. Adult novel is such a ridiculous term. Um, this is, but it's her first novel for grown-ups in 20 years, although I could not tell you uh, her other ones. I was surprised to learn that. I thought this was her first. Um, it is about a woman named August. Who is back in New York City for a funeral when she runs into a friend from a long time ago, and it brings back memories of growing up in Brooklyn in the nineteen seventies. Um, and if you read Patient HM, you can find out which part of the brain tells you, like, reminds you of things. Um, it's pretty cool. Anyway, look at what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't really, I couldn't link it up with microbes. I got nothing. So <laughs> that's a good call. Um, I like it. But it's about little kids who are just full of microbes. In um, <laughs> And it's about a time when, like, I mean, I know, like, even when I was a kid, you could you could be a kid and run around the neighborhood, and everyone sort of collectively kept an eye on you, and, you you know, it was what you did. You roamed all over the place. Um, and this is about her and her three friends and how, how they would roam the neighborhoods in Brooklyn. And they felt alive and, like, anything was possible. And, of course, there were the dangers of, you know, drugs, and there were predators and crime. But when you're a little kid, these aren't as obvious as, as when you're an adult. And it the books sort were of reflects in that way that, you know, things are apparent as an adult um, that we, you know, things that we didn't realize when we were children. You know, not just like how the neighborhood was, but also the things that were going on in people's lives. Um, like August lived, moved to Brooklyn with her father and her brother um, from Tennessee. Her mother stayed behind in Tennessee and she doesn't understand like why that is. And, and we find out, you know, what is happening with her mother. Um, and as an adult, you know, she realizes like Brooklyn was not always a safe place and they, it, Woodson explores like the dark secrets that loomed over all their lives. Um, it's just a beautiful novel about friendship and the feeling of being invincible when you're young, when adult responsibilities are still so far off and the future seems limitless. Um, and as much as this is about the four friends, it's also a really sensitive, beautiful exploration of race and religion and death, and love, and a whole bunch more. Um, Woodson is a very lyrical, lyrical writer, and she has this rhythm to her writing that is just enchanting and wonderful. Again, it's called Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson.
0: Yay! Yay. I didn't know that she had other books for grown-ups either. Okay,
1: we're on the same page.
0: (laughs) But now we can find them and read them. Yes, for sure. Um... I'm going to go to my next pick, and then we'll do our last sponsor. This is my um, next pick and probably my favorite essay collection of the year so far, Known and Strange Things by Teju Cole. Uh, He is the author of two acclaimed novels, Open City and... Another one whose title I am forgetting. Um, and these are essays on uh, literature and poetry, on art and drama, and on travel and politics. And the book is divided into those three sections, reading things, seeing things, and being there. Um, and like any essay collection, especially when you're talking about previously published work, uh, Cole is prolific and he writes you know, often and all over the place. Um, Many of these pieces had been published over the last several years. And so they're brought together here, like any collection like that. Some of them are going to be more interesting to any one reader than others. Some are going to resonate more. There's going to be some repetition because, you know, when you're writing the original essays, the thing that comes out in this magazine and the thing that comes out in the other magazine can overlap some because you can't assume that all the readers, you know, know your whole body of work. So there's a little of that. But that's just, you know, I think par for the course in an essay collection. I really, really loved this. And this was my first. First time reading Teju Cole. I have not read uh, his novels, but I've followed him on Twitter for a long time and read some of his nonfiction work as it's come out. And he's just such an interesting guy. He's an interesting thinker. for me, the essays that are about literature that I've read and art that I've seen are more readable and interesting than the essays about literature and art that I haven't personally encountered. But your mileage might vary. You might love reading reviews of stuff that you haven't encountered on your own yet. Um, the travel section, I thought, was particularly good um, and relevant, whether you've been to those places or not. But I also love travel writing and am in a particular like moment in my life where travel writing is especially interesting. To me, um, those pieces, some of them are travel logs, just sort of, you know, straightforward meditations on the places that he has visited. Um, and some go more into the meta analysis of the meaning of travel, the value of travel. Um, there's a review in the book of Alibis by Andre Achiman, which is my favorite collection of essays that are about travel. So this was like a, a coming together of a bunch of things that I thought were great. I was really happy um, to see that in there. And, uh, you know, it's, mm <laughs> really interesting just to you know look at the body of work so far of one of our most interesting contemporary thinkers um one of the final pieces in this collection is an essay called the reprint that is about the 2008 election um, it was the first time that Teju Cole had voted in an election he had been abstaining for a lot of reasons but primarily not wanting to participate in a system that he thought was so flawed but he got up early uh, on that November morning in 2008 and went to vote for Barack Obama and then went out out into the streets of New York to be with the community and to watch the election results. And he spends the essay meditating on why, um, why participate in a flawed system and sort of ultimately concludes that that's why we participate, because the system is flawed, um, because it's not ideal. And um, in the election cycle that we're in right now, uh, eight years later, Teju Cole's thoughts on those things are still relevant. Um good essays do that. They're not just locked into their time. And Cole is so good there. He could also just covers such a breadth. like He's writing about James Baldwin, and then he's writing about contemporary travel essays, and then he's writing about being in Switzerland, and then back to writing about James Baldwin, who spent some time in Switzerland. And then he's writing about race, and then he's writing about Africa. There's just so much in this book. Um, the pieces are relatively short. I don't think any of them are really more than 10 or 15 pages. Um, I read them sort of dipping in and out over the course a few weeks, but you could probably just sit down and spend a weekend reading this cover to cover if you wanted to. His brain is fascinating and it's great to spend time with. Um, I got something out of every one of these pieces and the book, again, is called Known and Strange Things. It's by Teju Cole. Nice. So good. Alright, and then before we roll on to the last round of selections this week, um, we want to remind you guys that Book Riot Live is coming up. It's November 12th and 13th in New York City. We're going to be there possibly in podcast costumes once we <laughs> figure out what that actually means. Um, doing a live version of this show and hanging out with so many incredible authors and bookish people and publishing ind- industry insiders. You can go to bookriotlive.com to see the whole lineup. I am personally super excited about making a fool of myself at Walter Mosley. Um, he is one of our headliners, but there are just tons of great speakers. You can get $20 off your registration with the offer code MORECATS, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S all one word, as an all the books listener. Also, if you're thinking of coming, register now because the VIP registration perks end on August 31st, and that means you won't uh, after August 31st, there's no more early RSVP access to the limited seating events or special head liners a couple other perks as well check out bookriotlive.com for details and again the offer code is more cats m-o-r-e-c-a-t-s for 20 bucks off your weekend ticket please come hang with us it was so much fun last year and we're excited to meet more of you this time around
1: and now walter mosley will be able to add that line to his memoirs where he went to new york city and two women in cat costumes fielded <laughs> I I feel like it's a
0: really high (laughs) bar to surprise or shock Walter
1: Mosley, but we could give it a good go. Yeah, sure. I'm down for that. Your last round this week is a twofer. Yes, because we're just doing whatever we want this time. It's just completely, it's anarchy. Um, I'm wearing pants. I'm (laughs) going to talk about two books now. Neither have anything to do with the other. Um, I just could not choose between the two of them. I could not. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about each one. These are good problems. Yeah, it's great problems. Like, I feel like I, I was saying to you earlier, like, I felt like there was, like, a little dry spell there for, like, the late spring, early summer where I was reading so many books and I was not enjoying very many of them. But that has all turned and I cannot pick. So my first one is called I Will Send Rain by Ray Meadows. This is a story of The Dust Bowl. It's about Annie Bell and her family in Oklahoma in Mule's Head. Like, how easy is that to name That's a town? So like Muleshead. Mule's Head. Like, let's just point at things. Mule's Head. Okay, that works. Um, but they're in Oklahoma in the early years of The Dust Bowl, and each member of her family is struggling in some way. Like, her son has dust pneumonia, which I did not realized was the thing until I read this book, um, and her, her husband and daughter are similarly experiencing crises in their lives, and Annie is trying to keep her family together, but at the same time, she just really wishes she could leave. Like, she just wants to get out of there. She's having this flirtation with another gentleman, and she just dreams of fleeing this dying farm and going far, far away from it all, and it's just a beautiful novel of resilience and hope in the face of terrifying uncertainty, like, what is going to happen, you know, people are, are starving, you know, it's horrible weather. And it's just, it's, it's a really powerful novel. It's fantastic. Um, my other pick is so opposite of that. Like, <laughs> like, wow, is it the opposite? And I think I mentioned it on here several months ago when I read it or when I was reading it. Um, it's called Vow of Celibacy by Erin Judge. Um, and it's just this hilarious novel. Um, it's about a woman named Natalie. And her life is kind of a mess like she's decided like she doesn't know what is going on So she's going to stop her sexual conquests until she sorts herself out She's gonna just stop seeing anybody because she's not very good at at relationships Um, And she's just going to deal with her feelings about her life about her career path about her bisexuality about her weight and she writes up an actual vow of celibacy which is signed and witnessed by her best friend um, and as Natalie explores, like, what happened in her past that affects her views on her relationships now, her friend, Anastas is um, dealing with something in her life. She has a secret identity, writing a popular blog. Um, it's very, very popular. Nobody knows who she is. And she's deciding if she wants to reveal herself to someone. Um, she's found out that, like, this person that she likes is a big fan of the blog and she has she herself is a virgin she's like the opposite of natalie and she thinks that she wants this person to be her first her first so she's trying to decide if like it's worth taking the risk like coming out to him and saying like this is it's me you know um it's just this really funny delightful sexy contemporary novel you know it's it's an amazing novel with this you know fat positive bi positive character Um, In which, like, those things are not like the big issues in the book. Um, And that's really refreshing. It's just a great novel of self discovery. And again, that one is called Vow of Celibacy by Aaron Judge. And the first one was I Will Send Rain by Ray Meadows.
0: Continuing our, we're just doing whatever we want this week. <laughs> um, my final pick is a backlist bump. I had one of those great readerly moments where you're reading one thing a couple of weeks ago. That thing was Kiese Lehman's essay about Outcast that was in the Fire this time, which I talked about I think last week when it came out, um, and reminded me that I had been meaning to read his novel Long Division for a couple of years. So I requested it from the library. It came in immediately, and I'm not even done with it yet. But it is so good that I can't hold off. On mentioning this book, I haven't seen it nearly as many places as I feel like I should. So this backlist bump is well deserved. This is a novel about a fourteen-year-old boy named City Coldson. Uh, he lives in post-Katrina Mississippi, and he is going off to compete in a sentence bee. Um, basically, they like the people in his area think that uh, in the South and like Midwest think that the Scripps National Spelling Bee is um, is biased against them. So they create the Use It in a Sentence be where kids get a word and then they have to use it in a sentence and the sentences become like very elaborate and it's just ridiculous and great Uh, and he becomes youtube famous so there's a little meditation on like what that overnight momentary fame is like in the world of social media and the internet that we live in Um, but more importantly the principal of his school he's getting in trouble and the principal of his school gives him a book that's called long division and when he starts reading it um, he sees that the main character has his name and that a couple other characters have names of people that he knows but the book is set back in 1985 and here he is in you know 2013 and how could these things be the same um it has you know sort of a like maybe he's a time traveler feel to it um in fact he likely is a time traveler the story is just strange and wonderful kiese Lehman's voice is great and so much fun to read and really, really funny. The book is so funny. Um, And City is just a smart, great character to spend time with. When we hang up, I'm going to go finish this book. Um, I'm just loving it so much. I love anything that has a book within a book and we get to read the text of Long Division inside Long Division. It's just fantastic. Um, Again, the book is called Long Division. It's by Kiese Lehman, L-A-Y-M-O-N. Came out a few years ago. Way more people need to read it.
1: It's so good.
0: I'm just digging the crap out of it. It's great. Everyone I know
1: who's read it is like, wow, that
0: was amazing. Yeah, it's terrific. Um, Those are all of our new books this week and backlist and (laughs) random (laughs) muppet arming about things that Oprah scooped us on. Uh, It's been a busy week here on all of (laughs) (laughs) us. What are you going to go read now?
1: Um, Well, first, I just want to say that this weekend I read The Natural Way of Things by Charlotte Wood. It is. Blew my mind. I'm not going to tell you anything about it because I knew zero and just read it because someone told me to, and it's incredible. So The Natural Way of Things by Charlotte Woods. And now I have just started um, Don't Hate Me Because I'm Unusual, uh, Still Life with Tornado by A.S. King. I have it in my hot little hands. Oh, I'm you so are. excited. If you've been I'm listening, listening to all the books, you know that we just worship her. We have a
0: regularly scheduled A.S. King moment.
1: Yeah. Like, I think, like, she could, if she was in charge, she would just solve so many things. She's an amazing human. Um, And I'm really excited about this. So, still life with tornado. And what are you going to read next?
0: I don't know. You're I have going back some, to long division. I am going back to long division, but after that, I I don't know. I have some travel coming up later this week. Um, I'm going to. I'm flying out to Portland on Wednesday, and then I'm taking a red eye home on Friday night. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time in a short period. On planes and in airports. So I'm looking for recommendations of like really good absorbing things. I don't care what they are. Just really great absorbing books to read on my flights and new stuff because I'm going to go on a field trip to Powell's and I like to buy books that I hadn't previously had on my radar when I'm doing bookstore visits. So hit me up with those recommendations on the Twitter. I am Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. You can tweet Liberty at Miss Liberty. Thanks again to our sponsors, Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra. To Penguin Random House Audio, go to tryaudiobooks.com to get recommendations and a free listen and get going. Put some audiobooks into your summer. And again, it's bookriotlive.com to register and the offer code more cats will get you 20 bucks off your weekend registration. Come hang out with us for a weekend. If you have something to tell us, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Uh, questions are welcome too. We hit the Twitter handles already and if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on iTunes, we would certainly
1: appreciate that. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. All right. We made it. We made it. This was an adventure. This is awesome. This is fun. <laughs> I was fun. Fun. was fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. <gasps> Ready? Okay. Happy reading.
1: <laughs> Happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>